You may have noticed some things were different about this evening, and you may be wondering why, since we haven't started Lent yet, we started with Lenten melodies. Uh, the church, uh, in the same way that we work our way into Lent, uh, liturgically also prepares us. Uh, Cheese Fair week on Wednesday and Friday, they are litur- liturgically celebrated as Lenten services. So if we had done Vespers last night, the beginning of Vespers would have been non-Lenten, and then the end of Vespers at Vouchsafe, we would have shifted over into Lenten, uh, a Lenten ending, uh, a different ending. Uh, and then we would have had, if we had Matins, the hours, it would have been Lenten order with readings. Uh, and then we come to Vespers as this evening, and then at Vouchsafe, uh, we shift the colors, uh, the minor key is no longer with us. Uh, we go back to the major key and we uh, change vestments and the paraments that are out. So this uh, Friday, if we were to have a service on Friday, the same day, that day would be uh, celebrated liturgically. We'll see this again on Sunday after coffee hour as a transition into Lent at Forgiveness Vespers at the Vouchsafe again uh, for this time, we will switch back into Lenten colors, uh, and then those Lenten colors will stay for the rest of Lent until Pascha. So this is also the eve of a great saint of the church, especially for North America, uh, and especially since it's uh, Deacon Raphael's name saint, namesake, uh, I asked him to speak a little bit about his saint. So take it away, Father Deacon. Thank you. Well, first of all, he's not here, sadly. We didn't have an icon to put there, but he is on our iconostas, in case you didn't already know that. St. Raphael is right up here. Right here. Um, There's there's kind of two things that I think, as I was thinking about what I want to say, that I thought um, that St. Raphael, I I find... um, really uh, two themes, two things that, that he helps me with. Um, and the first is kind of, um, so I first met him 19 years ago. Um, the first time I came to an Orthodox Church, the first time I came to St. Anne's, it, was, um, it would have been, well, exactly 19 years ago, um, because it was, it was during the week of his feast, and that was the first time his feast was celebrated in 2001. Um, and his icon was on the icon, I, the, the central icon stand. And um, so it was my first visit, and I came in, and I'm expecting, you know, all kinds of ancient, all this stuff. Some, some saint with a name that I can't pronounce, probably. And I look, and it's St. Raphael of Brooklyn. <laughs> and my first thought is, is there a Brooklyn in Greece, maybe? <laughs> but no, there's not. I've actually been to his church in Brooklyn. Um, and so um, he, he's, he's very, very recent. Um, he was born in 1860 and he died in 1915. Um, but one of the things that I think he can um, point us toward um, is a reminder that um, our tradition, our, our love of our great and holy tradition is not some static thing that's kind of carved in stone that is completely um, never um, 
Never, never of an altar. That's not what tradition is. And, and for me, he reminds me of this because, like I said, if I'd come 20 years ago, right, it, he wouldn't have been on the calendar yet. But 19 years ago, he was. So for me, he points to this idea that Tradition is not just something that we, we kind of stick a, a pin in and it never, ever changes. Um, we, can, we can talk more about this, about the Sundays in Lent, too, because um, several of those Sundays weren't even Sundays in Lent until after the event that they commemorate happened. So, um, you know, St. Gregory Palamas, it wasn't Sunday of Great St. Gregory Palamas until after he lived. So um, our, our tradition is not about that. Um, I'm not, I don't know that I want to venture too much into kind of what is our tradition, then, but, but I think we have a temptation sometimes to think that it's this thing that never, ever changes and, and that you know, we, um, we, we sometimes can get a little prideful. I know I can get a little prideful about that. When, um, and especially if you come from a, a place that, that maybe you know, changed worship service like every month or something, or depending on who was leading the worship, it changed. Um, it, it can be very comforting to come into a place where it seems like nothing ever changes. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, the second thing, I think, is specifically as Americans. Um, St. Raphael, I think, offers us kind of some encouragement and a challenge at the same time. And I think he does this in a way that is actually really... Um, in line with pretty much all the other American saints. Um, he, as I said, he was born in 1860. Um, he was, his family had fled Damascus. There was a massacre taking place. His family, he was still in his mother's womb. They fled Damascus. Um, they returned him to this mas- Damascus after he was born. Um, then he went to uh, Beirut, um, and then to Istanbul, Constantinople, and then to Kiev, and then to Moscow, and then to Kazan, which is like way out in the boonies. Um, he was, there's an interesting story behind that one. Um, so anyway, and after that, he comes to, to America. Um, and he said of himself, I'm an Arab by birth, a Greek by primary education, an American by residence, a Russian at heart, and a Slav in soul. Um, And I find that particularly appropriate to the American church. Um, And if we think about the other saints, and I was trying to think of other kind of patterns of saints, a lot of them have this similar kind of multi- kind of hopping through different countries and, and knowing many languages and uh, different cultures. Um, and, and so I think this, this shows us something very particular about what it means to be Orthodox in America. Um, and so I said that he offers us kind of a, a challenge and some encouragement at the same time. And I think the challenge and encouragement is that he... He would have arrived here on a steamship. Okay, that's maybe old-fashioned technology to some of the kids, but nonetheless, that was cutting-edge technology. Um, he rode around in locomotives and trains, right? Um, I, um, you can see picture photographs of him. I mean, he looks like a dapper um, kind of um, noble gentleman in some of these pictures. Very uh, kind of dapper is a good word for him. He just looks really dapper. Um, anyway, 
so he was very much, he very much inhabited the same world in, in many ways that we do. Um, he was definitely in the modern world. Um, he, he, didn't, he died before the horrors of World War I kind of put a real stamp to change things on certain, certain ways in the modern world. But um, nonetheless, he was familiar with, with all of these uh, kind of our modern ways of things. Um, and yet, and yet, he's a saint. And for me, that's the challenge and encouragement at the same time. That yes, we live in this challenging time, but you can still be a saint. Right? And so the challenge is still be a saint. You can still, in the face of whatever our American society, Western culture, whatever changes and crazy um, you know, turbulence is, is going on in our world, in the midst of all that, you can still be a saint. You can still follow our Lord Jesus Christ. You can still um, become uh, the shepherd to the lost sheep in America. Uh, he was um, constantly on the move, gathering in his flock. I think he shows us that it's not only um, not only encourages us, not only challenges us, but encourages us that in the face of this kind of modern turbulence that we, that we live in, that sanctity is still possible. Uh, that if we uh, love God and, and follow His commandments, we can find our way to the Iconostas. So, uh, through the prayers of Holy Father Raphael, and all the saints, have mercy on us. Amen. Amen. Amen.